Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM this Sunday evening where we'll be looking at the Ladies Football All-Ireland Final. What a win for Meath. John McCarthy will have a roundup of all the weekend's action in the Cork Football Championship. Cork Mogi are in the All-Ireland Minor Final against Kilkenny. We have Stephen Kenny on last night's draw at the Aviva as well as a chance to win two pairs of tickets for Cork City's huge clash with league leader Shelburne at Turner's Cross. That's all coming up before seven. Thanks very much for joining us this Sunday evening. Ed Lee here with you until 7, making my debut in the hot seat here on the Big Red Bench. Uh, the game of the day was the All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Final, where Meath have won their first ever Brendan Martin Cup. They beat Dublin, who were going for five in a row, of course, one eleven to 12 points. Uh, earlier, Whitlow were crowned junior champions, while Westmeath picked up the intermediate title. Um, I'll be keeping an eye on the minor Camogie final that got underway at the Gaelic grounds just now, I think. Throwing just getting underway there now. Cork looking for a third successive All-Ireland minor title. They face Kilkenny. Uh, locally, there was action in the Premier Senior Football Championship between Clonakilty and Island Rovers. And Jeremy McCarthy is on hand to give us a report on that result, as well as all the other results from this weekend's championship action. In the Senior A Football Championship, Ballangiri defeated Dohanese 214-18, Clyde Rover saw off Bantry Blues 15 points to 1-7, and Kiskeem were defeated by Knocknery 113-15. In football, England are in World Cup qualifying action and Patrick Bamford is making his debut. Um, it's half-time, they're 1-0 up against Andorra. Wembley, of course, Patrick Bamford was hotly tipped to be joining the Ireland setup at uh, various stages through his career, but he has made that debut for England now. Uh, Wales beat Belarus 3-2 earlier in Group E and Garrett Bale, an injury-time winner to bag a hat-trick and three points for Rob Page's side. Um, in Formula 1 if any Formula 1 fans out there Max Verstappen has won the Dutch Grand Prix for Red Bull um, he beat Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas who were in second and third for Mercedes Verstappen leads the Drivers' Championship by three points now but Mercedes extended their lead on the Constructors by, and they're up by seven now um, in golf Leona Maguire's incredible run at the Solheim Cup continues she and partner Mel Reid beat Nelly Corda and Ali Ewing 5-4 in the foursomes today and uh, there are three wins from three. Overall, Europe leads six and a half to five and a half. Um, Patrick Cantley has a two-stroke lead over the chasing pack on 20 under par, preparing for his final round of the season-ending tour championship on the PGA Tour. Uh, world number one, John Ram is best of the rest on 18 under, whilst Rory McIlroy is five under par through two holes today, leaving him in a tie for 16th. We have two pairs of tickets, as mentioned, to give away to Cork, uh, for Cork City's huge clash with league leader Shelburne at Turner's Cross tonight. To enter, just text or WhatsApp your name and address to 0868104106 and answer this simple question. Who did City defeat by three goals to one at the, at the cross last Friday night? Name and address to 086 8104106 and the answer. And we'll announce the winners at the end of the show. Now, here's John McCarthy with a roundup of the weekend's Premier Senior Football action. The opening weekend of the 2021 Bonsecours Cork GA County Football Championships did not disappoint, with 26 matches producing some surprise results. There's only one place to start, and that's the Premier Senior Football Championship, where Nemo Rangers' side that defeated Castlehaven in the 2020 decider only a week before came a cropper in their championship opener. Valley Rovers defeated the newly crowned PSFC champions 1-9-0-11 at Ballygarvan on Saturday afternoon following a cracking encounter. Billy Crowley was Valley's standout performer scoring 1-5 of his team's winning total to help inflict an unexpected defeat on Nemo. Later that same evening, Douglas got their Group A campaign off to a winning start, courtesy of a hard-fought 1-15-0-9 defeat of Carrigaline at Parky Ring. Cork senior Sean Powder set up Dearborn McCarthy for the game's only goal. Next up in Group A, Valley Rovers and Douglas put their undefeated starts on the line on September 25th, and on the same day, Nemo Rangers and Carrigaline will look to get off the mark in what's already shaping up to be a terrific group. 
Group B of the Premier Senior Championship proved no less exciting, with newly crowned Senior A County champions A Rogue surprising Carby Rangers in Bandon. The Ovens Club triumphed 115 to 9 in their first ever Premier Senior Championship fixture, thanks to six points from Daniel Goulding and a crucial Dylan Foley goal. In the same group, Castlehaven shook off last week's county final loss to Nemo Rangers by overcoming West Cork rivals Newcestown 212 to 110 in Clannacilty. Conor Cahalan and Cahal Maguire found the net for the Haven in a game Seamus O'Sullivan raised a green flag for the losers. Group B has already the makings of a cracking competition, with this past weekend's winners Castlehaven and Airogue going head-to-head in three weeks' time. Newcestown and Carby Rangers will also meet in a crucial West Cork derby on the same date. St Finbar's had to withstand a late melancholy comeback before registering an important Premier Senior Group C victory at Parky Ring last Saturday evening. 13 points ahead at one stage, Balancholic fought back valiantly to reduce the deficit to a single score before St Finbar's emerged 215 to 117 winners. Killian Myers Murray scored 2-3 of the bars total, with Stephen Sherlock also contributing 7 points. Earlier this afternoon, Clonakilty got off to a winning start in Group 3 by overcoming fellow Carberry club Island Rovers 3-10-0-11 in Ross Carberry. Darrell O'Shea contributed 2-5 and Ross Mannix added 1-1 as Clan held off Island's stiff challenge. Next up on September 25th, Ballancolig and Clonakilty will face off while Island Rovers look to rebound at the expense of the Bars. Joe McCarthy there with a roundup of this weekend's Premier Senior Football Action and it's a great start for... Uh Cork Camogie, uh, they're two points up to no score after a couple of minutes there against uh, Kilkenny. Uh, big shock there in the football this weekend yesterday with Nemo Rangers. Maybe just uh, one bridge too far to go out the week after winning a, a championship final. Uh, 2020's backdated championship final, of course. And we have more from Jor now as uh, next weekend is the big one for the Cork Senior Camogie team when they face Galway in the All-Ireland Final in Croke Park after their hard-fought victory over the reigning champions Kilkenny last Sunday. And head of that game, Jar has spoke to the Cork manager, Paddy Murray. Uh, this was on Thursday's Women in Sport podcast, which you can catch in full at redfm.ie. OK, hearty congratulations, first of all, to the Cork Senior Camogie Manager, Paddy Murray, on his side reaching this year's All-Ireland Final by dethroning the champions, Kilkenny. Paddy, congratulations from everybody here in the Big Red Bench. Thanks, Amelia. Um, I don't know where this, where this game uh, lies in the annals of all the tight and tough and really hard championship games you've had as a manager, but I would imagine you're incredibly proud, first of all, of the application of your players, and secondly, the... the the skill levels as well to get over the line. Yeah, I suppose the last three games we've been in Crow Park. We've 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 made life difficult for ourselves. We've won each one of them by a pint. Uh, I suppose coming from behind in each one of them as well. So uh, it's a habit. Hopefully, uh, we we'll be a little bit more comfortable the next day. But look, I think we've trained well all all uh, for the last month. I suppose the attitude of the girls has been second to none. Uh, you know, we were confident. Uh, coming up today uh, I think we covered everything really in training over the last four weeks of, of various different events that could happen today and uh, you know they implemented the plan very well Yeah because you previously mentioned to us having watched Kilkenny against Wexford down in Parky Cueve that you felt that they were as good as you thought they were if not better um, coming into the game obviously the extra game didn't matter at the end of in the end so were you glad of the break looking back on it now well we needed the break uh, we were quite comfortable with it we aimed to get to a city final uh, you know we have three girls dual players to the part that uh, they needed a break we had a few girls that was injured uh, leading up to the um, I think the last water game so we just needed to get those uh, sorted uh, our training has probably taken a different tack this year uh, as well so we were quite comfortable we spoke today um, before the game about you know hitting a personal best um, because look nothing else uh, other than that today was going to uh, was going to do so you know look I think it was our best performance today um, your strength and conditioning you've mentioned it many times don't you, all this year when we've been speaking to you, again today on a hard pitch and a wide open pitch it was it was pivotal yes it was uh, but I go back to what I said earlier we, we have trained very well look simple thing is that that you know, a few players and their attitude is good coming to training on a Tuesday and Thursday. Well, then, you know, you're, you're halfway there. Um, so, yeah, we've trained well. Um, you talk about attitude of players. What does it say about Linda Collins coming off the bench after 50 minutes and then hitting over the winning point? Well, look, we, I can't say that. Uh, you know, I suppose, look, 
Linda's obviously unfortunate to lose out, but uh, I think a big thing that we spoke about for the last three or four weeks was having an impact off the bench. Uh, I suppose with our forward line, the way it was shaping up, someone was going to get hurt. Um, but, you know, look, we spoke to Linda, I spoke to Linda a week ago, 10 days ago. She's a big part to play here. Um, and look, she did what she was asked to, to do, you know. Does this performance give you even more headaches heading into the All-Ireland final, but good ones in terms of your selection? Yeah, look, I suppose it does. I suppose a big headache really is trying to 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 uh, contain Galway. Uh, look, I've said for a long time they're the number one team in the county or in the country. They have a phenomenal panel, uh, some serious forwards. So uh, we will certainly have a lot of headaches. Uh, over the next two weeks, we have a couple of injuries, one or two that are running at the moment, so we need to get it started. So, you know, I suppose, look, I'm going to have lots of them. It's been a very good weekend, or a very good year, but a very good weekend for Cork Camogie party because um, Jerry Wallace's minors as well overcoming Dublin. It just shows, like, the boost that any victory at any of the underage levels or senior, what it does for Camogie in the county. Yeah, it does. And look, there's a great industry, and I suppose the key message now is that we'd like a crowd for the final. And uh, we just hope for the Camogie comes out there to organise. Uh, you know, we need massive support because, look, uh, we won't be able to do this on our own. And, uh, you know, simply just get, get, get people up there in two weeks' time. And just finally, Paddy, from your own perspective, you've worked long and hard with Cork Camogie for many, many years. Does this rank amongst one of your best victories? Nothing is won yet, but it, uh, it, from a personal level, overcoming the champions, and especially today, the way you did it, Paddy, um, it, it must be very fulfilling. I look, obviously, I'm very happy, but I suppose I never look back, really, Jerzo. Look, it's just a head down for two weeks' time and just getting our heads down. And uh, again, we won't be concentrating on Galway. It's trying to get a performance out of ourselves and you know better than today and if that's not good enough it's not good enough you know look, we didn't speak about Kilkenny coming into this game we didn't speak about revenge or anything like that it's just you know look, our heads down and looking forward John McCarthy there speaking to Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray um, and the Cork, Camogie, uh, the Cork Minor Camogie team are three points to one up on Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final um, as mentioned, if you want tickets to see Cork, first, Cork City versus Shelburne at Turner's Cross, we have two pairs to give away. Just text your name and address uh, to WhatsApp to 0868104106 and answer this simple question. Who did City defeat by three goals to one at the Cross last Friday night? Name and address to 0868104106. Um, we're going to stick with Gaelic Games and, of course, next Saturday's All-Ireland Football Final between Mayo and Tyrone. Uh, the Connacht men will need no reminding that they are without an All-Ireland win since 1951, while Ulster side last, uh, the Ulster side last captured Sam McGuire in 2008. Uh, we're going to hear from former Tyrone footballer Cullum Kavanagh a bit later on. But first, former Mayo star Shami O'Shea, of course, brother of Aidan O'Shea, who retired at the start of this season, has been talking to Oshin Langan about the game. Well, we're delighted to be joined by AIBGAA Ambassador Shami O'Shea of Brafie and, of course, formerly of Mayo, ahead of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final as long-time rivals Mayo and Tyrone meet in a mouth-watering final to round off hashtag the toughest knockout season of summer football. Shami, I imagine you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks, especially Mayo's run to the All-Ireland final. Yeah, it's been great, yeah. Delighted for the lads. They've put in... Um They've been in a couple of big performances over the last couple of months. Um, it looked kind of, they looked like they weren't in a great position at halftime in either of them. But in fairness to the lads, they they came good in the second half against Galway and did something similar against Dublin. So um, just yeah, thrilled for them, delighted for them that they're back in an All Ireland final and they've an opportunity to hopefully get it done. What's impressed you most about Mayo? Is it the comebacks? Is it the steely determination to stay in games? That is it the execution of how they've won those games? What is it? I think a couple of things with the way they probably adapted throughout the games is something that's impressed me. I think against Galway, they switched the matchups pretty early on, or it was maybe at half time where they switched Leroy off Shane Walsh and put Paddy on him. Um, and they came to terms with him a little bit better in the second half. They changed tack a good bit then again in the second half against Dublin. I know they changed Leroy onto Conor Callahan, they put Porrick O'Hora onto Kieran Bilkenny, which seemed to work. Um, and again, the way they approached the game in the second half. Um, was brilliant to see um, and they just adapted really well to the conditions of the game and were able to kind of think their way through it a little bit so I've been impressed by that and obviously they've they've, they've 
they, they've been kind of undeterred regardless of what's been going on in the game. They've had some setbacks where the goals against Galway, they're kind of down to Dublin by five or six points, but you know, they were they remained composed throughout and were able to kind of stick to their plan a little bit and um we're just kind of able to see it through. So it's great to see them just stick with it, even in the face of kind of adversity like that and, and get on the right side of those results. And Mayo have suffered some bad days against Dublin in recent years. So how big a boost is it mentally for this group to have beaten them in that semi-final? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It has to be huge, to be fair. Look, I, I don't think that Dublin team is as good as it was, obviously. But at the same time, they've, they've, they're six in a row at Ireland champions. And uh, it's given our history with them. It was great that it was it was finally Mayo that, 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 that put an end to that run. So um, I think for the young fellas in particular, it has to be huge for their confidence because they're going up against obviously a brilliant team, a team that was favourite for the All-Ireland and they're down early and were able to pull it out of the bag. And in particular, a number of them had huge, huge moments. Um, like in particular, Ryan and Tommy towards the end of the game, they came up with really, really big plays at an important point in the game, which got us over the line. So for guys that haven't been in those situations, a huge amount, that they've got to take a huge amount of confidence from that. Um, and will hopefully set them up well for the final. The final is against Tyrone. They're a team that may have fared relatively well against in the championship over the years. Granted, it, it, it's not like Dublin. It's not like you've been kind of meeting them all the time. Yeah, no, we've 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 matched up well against them over the years. We had a good win against them in thirteen and again in sixteen. But that's a good while to go now. This stage, I don't think any of the players are left from thirteen. It's certainly not too many of their players, and. In 16, there's probably maybe half of their group and half of our group that are still involved to some extent. Um, and so, yeah, decent record against them. But um, look, I don't think that matters for a huge amount um, going into the game. And I think, look, I think both teams have been pretty confident after their semi-final wins and they'll feel like they've got a great opportunity here. Um, so look, it'll be interesting to see what way it pans out. But um, it'll be, it'll be uh, I expect it to be a pretty tight game. I spoke to Colm Kavanagh a wee while ago and... He mentioned the word chaos about Tyrone in their semi-final. It's kind of the same with Mayo, isn't it? And when we say chaos, of course, we're giving no credit to the management, which is wrong, because it's it's kind of set up to be chaotic, if you follow my lead there, if you, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, both, both teams thrive off that kind of chaos, and they thrive off you know turnovers and broken play. The, the, when the game is really structured, it, they can find it difficult to break teams down. And you saw the last day early on in the game where, where players are fresh and and players have been tightly marked and teams are a bit more conservative early on, early on Tyrone found it very difficult to make an impact the goal aside they found it hard to get possession up the pitch um, but they were very efficient in fairness and, and the longer the game went on the more they were able to force turnovers and kind of create that kind of broken play and create overlaps and things like that it just it suited them more and more and they were similar you can see the same thing in the first half against Dublin and very structured. The longer the game went on, the more tired players got. Um, gaps start appearing, and and that just suits the type of players that they have. So it'll be interesting to see how both the both those teams match up because you're right that they're, they're they're similar enough in the way they in the way they go about it. Mayo going into the game without a couple of big players. Look, Killian's been missing all year. I, I don't think it looks particularly good for Oshin Mullen. I'm not sure what the situation is with Owen. Maybe the delay has given him enough time to recover. I'm not sure, but either way, it's like. There are big players to be missing. Yeah, it's huge. Like the only thing, like from Killian's point of view, we, you know, the lads have known that he's been gone for the whole season, so they've been able to plan around that. Um, Jason Doherty is another one who's who's a huge loss to the team. Um, Brendan Harrison came back the last day, so it was great to see him make a return. But yeah, like they're 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 huge loss. You'd love to have those lads playing the next day, and like on a personal level, you just feel for them because I know that they'd be hurting that they'd, they'd love to be able to play. Um, I can't imagine Owen McLaughlin will be making a return I don't know what the story is there but that would kick a pretty bad jaw injury so um, and then Oshin like the four week break probably doesn't know harm again I don't know what the story is but hopefully that's given him enough time that that he's able to recover and play some part because like he, he's a hugely important player for Mayo um, and particularly with Owen being out now as well that's another defender down so um, if we can get Oshin back it would be a huge boost what effect do you think this extended weight will have on Mayo, good or bad? I don't think it'll make much of a difference, to be honest. I, I think, you know, the, the script will be written afterwards and people will either say it worked in their favour or worked against them. I think the, the Dublin game was pretty physical and would have taken a lot out of the lads. So, 
you probably spend that week recovering and taking it easy and then you've probably a block of two weeks in between where you go hard and then you have a nice handy week next week where you take it easy on the way into the final um so like the S&C guys and stuff will have all that covered off I don't think it'll be an issue um in a way because Oshin's such an important player I think it's probably suiting us because hopefully it means that he's given as much time as possible to get back um but it, regardless of what happens next Saturday, um, it won't it won't be an excuse from Mayo's point of view. Their preparation will be fine, and um, they'll be in a good position. I, I want to talk to you about some of the games that you played in because, like you, you've been part of some tremendous Mayo performances, and we, we've used the word chaos um, uh, once or twice in in the lead up to this game. What's it like when you're out there? And you're trying to make decisions, but it's so intense and there's noise and it's it's crazy. If you can at all, try and give us some kind of insight into that. You're probably oblivious to what's going on around you, to be honest with you. Um, and it, it probably looks chaotic from the outside looking in, but within it, like you're so used to playing with those players and and how you play together and how you fit together and what you're trying to do as a team that it doesn't feel chaotic within it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and And... From our point of view, like we, we probably be we probably played a little bit more controlled in our latter years as we got older. It probably wasn't quite as chaotic as it was previously, and we became a bit more yeah, a bit more composed, maybe a bit more controlled. But um, like it, it's a great position to be in, and you can you can kind of feel it within that when when you start to get a bit of momentum on the team in those situations, it's very very hard to turn it. And you can see that the last day with Throne and Kerry, and again with Mayo and Dublin where. Even though Dublin were ahead and Kerry were ahead, you always got the feeling watching it that she's like, this thing is on here. And both teams, like if they really go for it here, they're going to turn them over. Um, and you just got the sense watching Tyrone and Kerry that I say that Tyrone were kind of growing in energy and Kerry were kind of fading a little bit and getting frustrated and losing patience. And that kind of momentum is very, very difficult to stop in the moment. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, it might look chaotic, but it's the, the, there's some thinking in behind it, and it's not as it's 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 not as uh, mental in, in in the game as you think. What about yourself? Is there any kind of days that stand out to you uh, in the Mayo jersey? Your own personal kind of highlights? Yeah, like it, it, it's difficult because none of them ended up in an All Ireland win. Do you know what I mean? So there's no kind of we never finished the year winning the last game, so it always kind of ended in disappointment, which is the frustrating thing. Um, I was fortunate enough to win an, an under twenty one title way back in 2006 um, which was at a time when Mayo hadn't won any All-Ireland for a very very long period since the early 80s which was which was a very big deal at the time um, and then like we, we had a lot of big wins throughout the years like the Cork win early on was was really important for the group in 2011 they were All-Ireland champions at the time and we were a bunch of young fellas coming up to Crow Park um, so that kind of set us up and kind of gave us the confidence that you know we, we can play at this level and we're we're capable of competing here um, and then any of the big games against, you know, the, the top teams, Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone, Donegal, where we came out the right side of them were just memorable occasions. You know, we Dublin in 2012, we'd Kerry in 17, Tyrone in 16. We'd, we played Donegal, I think, two or three times since we lost them in 2012. And all of those big games against the top opposition that you're competing against, anytime we came out on top of those games, they were, they were special occasions um, and, yeah, memorable moments. You won a lot more games than you lost. You had far more good days than bad. I remember speaking to Ken McGrann, a couple of the great Waterford team of the kind of late 90s and early 2000s. And they would say the same as you. Like, it was great to be part of big days, but we'd have loved to have won in All-Ireland. And I always say to them that, okay, of course, and I'm a Waterford person, so I would love for them to have won in All-Ireland as well. But a Waterford person with the Mayo name, so I'd love to see both of you win. But anyway... Um, I, I say to them, you know, you, you might not have the Celtic cross, but you have a kind of a legendary status in the game. You're a team that were loved. Everyone pretty much knows everyone on that team. And there must be something in that, that you actually gave something to fans. And I hope for yourselves, you took something from that yourselves. Um, yeah, it's funny because you, like some teams kind of came and went very quickly. They might have picked up an All-Ireland and then kind of disappeared off the radar a bit. And, you know, I'd, I'd probably swap that because you'd like to have the All-Ireland, but at the same time, you miss out on, you know, 10 years of experiences of playing at that top level um, and competing in those big, big games. And throughout that, you're right, like you do build a huge kind of rapport with the supporters and, and things like that. And um, it's probably not something you're aware of in the middle of it because you're just, you know, you're just competing and you're trying to win. But certainly, 
there, there's moments here and there where you have discussions with, with supporters and stuff and you realise how important it is for them and how much of an impact it has in their lives and how much enjoyment they get out of it, you know, following the team um, and bringing their kids to games and just how important it is to them um, in general. And those kind of moments are pretty humbling. So, yeah, I think, like, as a group, because we've been around for so long and have played in so many games over that period, there is that kind of connection with the supporters and... Um, it's uh, like look, it, it didn't work out, but it, it was it was a great period for Mayo football and continues to be. Um, and it was it was brilliant that uh, we we got to compete at that level for so long. I think as the competitor and elite athlete you are, you're saying it didn't work out because there was no All Ireland. But but to me, it kind of did work out because you did so much more than that. And even even today, I was saying, oh, how are you, Shamey? Like we were best brothers or best buddies or something. I've never actually met you, but I feel very I feel you're you're very familiar to me because of what you and that team have done. So I, I, I don't know if, you know, like and you mentioned it there that fans and people talk to you all the time about it and there must be something nice in that, that you've given them something. Yeah, I, I've never really thought about it, but I know, I know what you mean, yeah, because there was that, that kind of crew of players were there together for so long. I think you're right, like there is a huge familiarity with that group um, and we never really went to wage. You know what I mean? We never took a year off. We were there every year, either in a semi-final or a final and... There was loads of replays within that and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you're right. There is that kind of familiarity with the group and we're kind of, uh, yeah, well-known because of it. Um, but, yeah, I haven't kind of stepped back to think about that. But, um, I, yeah, you probably still trade it for an All-Ireland. But, yeah, look, it is what it is. Your journey is your journey. You can't change it at this stage. And, look, I'm, you know, I like I had a great career. I had a great time doing it. Um, I'd love to be able to still do it. But um, it was it was great while we were in it. Shamey, before I let you go, uh, I have a feeling I already know the answer to the question, but um, who do you think will win the All-Ireland final and how do you think they'll win it? Um, look, I hope they'll win, obviously. Um, I, think, I think they're well set up. I, I, think, I, think, I think Mayo with a slight edge. I think they're in great form at the moment. I think they'll have taken huge confidence from the Dublin game. I think they'll have learned a lot from watching Throne and Kerry, in particular what not to do against them. And I think we've a nice blend at the moment in terms of experience and kind of youth so um, look I think the lads are in great form and uh, I think there's a big performance in them so um, I expect them to win Okay well it's been great to talk to you today AIB GAA Ambassador Shamie O'Shea of Brafie GAA and of course formerly of Mayo ahead of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship Final as long-time rivals Mayo and Tyrone meet in a mouth-watering final to round off hashtag the toughest knockout season of summer football Shamie thank you Cheers Oshie Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Aiden Lee here with you until 7. That was uh, Shami O'Shea before the break, speaking to Oshin Langan about next weekend's All-Ireland Football Final between Mayo and Tyrone. Later on, we'll have Colm Kavanagh uh, giving the uh, view from the Tyrone camp. Um just checking the Corkamogi score in the All-Ireland Minor Final and Kilkenny have gotten a goal. They've gone four points up on Cork. It is uh, 1-5 to four points there in the Gaelic grounds nearing half time. So uh, a bit to do for Corkamogi Miners in that one. Um, now the Republic of Ireland's World Cup qualifying campaign continues Tuesday night against Serbia. Uh, however, last ni- after last night's one-all draw against Azerbaijan in the Aviva, it looks as if it will make little difference. Um, Stephen Kenny is now under a lot of pressure, uh, taking just one point from 12. Here's what he had to say after the match. It's probably a game that we deserve to win 3 or 4-1. You know, I think we've created a lot of chances on the day. Uh, you know, it's a game that we deserve to win and we just didn't win. We conceded, obviously, Mahmoudov has scored goals from outside. The, we've seen him do that, you know, so we should have closed him down better than we did. It's, a, it's an unbelievable goal from his point of view. Um, right on 45 minutes, so it was a real killer blow for us. Uh, right on half time, like, so it changed the narrative. Um, but we, you know, I think the attitude of the players was excellent. They went, kept going, created so many chances, just wouldn't go in for us. And in the end, Shane Duffy got that uh, important equaliser, and we just couldn't get that winner. Well, Azerbaijan have had, you know, narrow, you know, tight games against Serbia and Portugal, you know, so 2 1 against Serbia, 1 0 against Portugal. So, they a lot of their players are playing in the group stages so I think it's a game we should have won you know we 
we're disappointed with ourselves no doubt about that um, you know you're right we started the first 15 minutes really really well um, you know we, we, we got right on top they, they had a spell of possession which is always you know likely you know to, but just that they didn't really create anything uh, to be honest and then they did have one chance in the second half on the break Gavin made a good save but they didn't really create anything in the game so it was just the shot from outside the box um, where Pete went again and um, you know we had uh, so many chances and just uh, you know we do we missed the target a lot you know which was disappointing we missed the target um, and uh, you know we've, we've sort of paid the price for that the progressive football that you want your team to play—is it frustrating that you haven't rely on the likes of John Egan and Shane Duffy to get you the get you the goals? Well, I don't mind who scores them. You know, Shane, Shane show. You know, should be should have scored more than we did. Um, Shane showed a lot of character to go and still keep going. He was tired after the second game in three days. Kept going and getting in there and, and scoring the header. And uh, that's what Shane has. He has a lot of character. And uh, he, he did that, and uh, yeah, listen, we, we you know we missed a lot of chances today, and and uh, it was a lot of good football in the match. You know, the team played well for a good portion of the match, and um, but we we um, our finishing let us down really today. Overall, that was the that was the the, the key, you know. Uh, that was the disappointing part. I think if you can see the goal in the 45th minute, it's just a terrible time to concede. It changes the narrative. Azerbaijan can run down the clock. They can, the goalkeeper went down. The players went down injured. The physio was taken an eternity to get on the pitch. It disrupts the rhythm of the game. Um, but I think uh, we still created a lot of chances and still did, played some good stuff. But... Yeah, we, we, we let ourselves down you know we didn't we couldn't finish uh, the way that we should have when you picked a very young front line tonight from what you've seen of those players at underage level are you confident that the, the finishing is is there it's, it's a, just a matter of experience uh, you know composure maybe well we you know for the, the international team hasn't been prolific for a long time you know I think so we are we are working harder to improve um, you know we are working hard to improve and uh, um, although Adam I didn't score tonight obviously he did tremendously well as centre forward and uh, you know he, he led the line brilliantly and you know linked play well and, and certainly it was caused a lot of trouble for the for the defenders and just obviously the critical chance that he missed from point blank was was unfortunate you know he is he is pretty pretty decent in that situation normally um, but he um, and if he hadn't touched it it was three players waiting to knock it in but I think he uh, overall his performance was really good you know I thought he was really excellent actually and uh, um, but you know as I said we didn't uh, didn't capitalise on a lot of our a lot of our good build up play in the manner that we should have and you feel like your team was just or your squad was just lacking somebody who could could have unlocked that you know that defence the, the blanket defence of the second half of Wes Hillen or Jack Byrne one of these type players is, is that what's missing in the squad for these situations um, listen so you know sometimes if they, if they do you know if they've play eight or nine players behind the ball yeah, or not behind the ball actually camped in in the half in that situation like that yeah, camped outside the box you know there is limited space to go through the middle or to any intricate passing um, it's difficult sometimes you have to go wide and uh, you know and that's why we put more cross than we normally would but that is your best option and you know we create chances from that Um and uh, we, 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 as I said, we missed a lot of chances. Is it subjective? We had a Wes, Wes Hulahan, you know, as you say, Jack Bourne has been just come, come back off a back operation, but um, just, just getting back playing. So it's, um, you know, so, you know, that's, that's subjective, like, you know, in, in, in regarding that. Um, we do have creative players in the team. And um, you know we just um, and we create chances. We did create chances.
We just didn't take them, you know, so that was the disappointing part. Stephen Kenny there speaking after last night's draw at home to, uh, to Azerbaijan, one all. And of course, Serbia Tuesday night. It's amazing that uh, Wes Hulihan has retired and there's been two international managers since and he still gets brought up at nearly every single Ireland game. Uh, just checking the Cork Camogie, still four points in that. Cork behind at half time to kill Kenny. And uh, Leona Maguire is making absolute waves at the Solheim Cup. If you type her name into Twitter, there is a list of videos of incredible putts that she is putting away. And she's helping Europe in a major way to try and get that victory over the USA. Last chance we have, uh, last chance to win the two pairs of tickets, uh, two pairs of tickets to give away to Cork City's huge clash with league leader Shelburne at Turner's Cross. Uh, to enter, just text or WhatsApp your name and address and answer to 0868-104-106 to this, the answer to this simple question. Who did City defeat by three goals to one at the cross last Friday night? Name and address and answer to 0868-104-106 and the winner will be announced at the end of the show. Now, a lot of talk about the fact that Ireland are failing to put away the chances, but one man up front who has been a positive and uh, who has shown his his talent and his uh, potential is Adam Ida, um, Cork's own Adam Ida, of course. I think his hold of play, particularly in both games against Portugal and Azerbaijan, um, have, have proven a lot. And he may be the man to lead the line for Ireland, uh, maybe interplay with uh, Troy Parrott as well. But the goals will have to come. But after the game, he spoke. And this is what he had to say. Yeah, it, it is quite frustrating. I think, um, obviously, not to get three points is, is quite disappointing. After after um, disappointing week last week, uh, obviously of course it's, it's better than than having zero points. We we got a point on the board, which is which is good, and just have to keep fighting and keep hungry for, um, in the next couple of games. Can I just ask kind of it was a very young front line tonight? You, you know, very little experience between the three of you. How how tough is it? Did, did you feel that? That pressure, I know you say you don't necessarily feel that pressure, but there is a lot of onus on, on you guys up there and you've you very little experience at this level. Uh, no, we no, we all play football, that's that's our job. Um, we, we grew up wanting to do this and if, 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 if you're under pressure doing this then you shouldn't be here. These these are the moments we've all been, been waiting for. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, we, we, we have little experience, but... How else do you get experience in, in times like these? These are the opportunities that we got to take and uh, we got to learn from. So um, now we keep building as a team, keep building as um, young players, and I'm sure um, it'll all work out in the long run. What's just like, what was it like playing in a game like that? Because it, it looked it was so frustrating for so long. Uh, yeah, it, it is quite, it is frustrating. I think um, when you have so many, especially in the second half, we had um, we had a lot of chances. Uh, put the ball in the back of the net and it, it is quite difficult when, when that's not happening uh, look like I said at least we got a point on the board and uh, Duff managed managed to score so this, this, it is a bit of a re- uh, relief that we um, we came out with a draw but um, we wanted to win so yes it's quite frustrating It's been so long since we've been that one win I mean, is it in the back of your minds now that this team really needs to start winning games somewhere, like one out of 15. Uh, look, we, we obviously know that we, we, we need to win games and that's what we want to do as, as footballers, but it, it is quite a new squad. It, it does take time to build. Where there's a lot of young players here and like I said, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of... Um, we, have, we have little experience and we're, we're building on that. It's like, like we drew today, obviously we wanted to win. That's what we want to do. There's still a there's still a lot of games to come, and um, we'll try and prove people wrong. Hey Adam, just a quick word on the fans. It was your first time in Viva with uh, 25,000 fans there. Um, what was that like? And did you have family, friends, in the crowd too? Uh, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. I think uh, when the national anthem came on, I had goosebumps, and I could see my my family came down, and they was right in front of me. It was. It was so emotional and I was very honoured to, to be there and it's, it is great to have the, the fans back. Obviously it's my first time and what was it, two years now where, where nobody could come to a game and um, no, it is, it is a great feeling to have everyone back and they really helped us tonight to get to get that goal and uh, they, they pushed us on so no, I'm delighted to have them there. And just, uh, you had one or two good chances in the game, obviously getting man the match too. Did you feel just on a different day you could have taken them? 
Uh, yeah, look, that's, that's obviously my job to, to score goals. Um, I'm a bit disappointed in myself that I didn't put him to bed. And look, I keep need to work on that. Um, haven't scored for Ireland yet, and <laughs> that's all I want to do is, is get off, get off the, get off the mark and, and start scoring. Unfortunately, I didn't didn't score tonight. But look, keep building on that, keep working hard, and, and hopefully they'll come soon. I'm I'm quite confident as a striker, so. Just have to keep working hard and keep improving. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Passing through the World Cup campaign, one point out of twelve. Where do you assess where we are now? No, oh, look. Obviously, it's, it's quite frustrating um, with the where we are now. But like I said, it's we're, we're still building as a team. We're still learning and. Um, we just have to take each game as it comes. No one knows what happens in football. It, it, it changes all the time. We're, we're just going to go out and do the best we can and try to get as much points as we can. And who knows what can happen? Is it all over? No, hundred percent. No, no chance. I think we we believe we believe in ourselves as a team. And from the start when we came in, we 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 hundred percent believe we can still qualify for this. And that's our main target to qualify for the World Cup. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to fight till the end and, and we're, we're hungry for to get more three points and that's what we're going to do Adamita there speaking last night um, at Wembley it's 3-0 to England against Andorra it's in the 83rd minute there and it's a Jesse Lingard brace either side of a Harry Kane penalty uh, Jesse Lingard who can barely get into the Man United starting 11 and will be even harder now that Ronaldo has turned up at Old Trafford but uh, Harry Kane also wearing number 20 strangely enough in that game uh, so 3-0 to England there and another easy World Cup qualifying victory for them back to the build up for Saturday's All-Ireland football final and uh, Valerie has been speaking to former Tyrone footballer Colin Kavanagh Joining us on the show this week is AIB GA Ambassador Colin Kavanagh Colin, welcome to the show Thanks Valerie Colm, how, how have you been? How has life been for you over the last year? Yeah, it's been been different from a definitely from a football point of view. It's been different. It's the first time probably since two thousand and six, probably really, um, where I sort of have transformed from uh, having an intercounty uh, career to being a fan. So I'm looking. For, I've been. I've been really enjoying the really enjoying the last uh, last wee year of enjoy of actually watching football and not being part of the the bubble and the intense bubble that you're, you're in uh, for that period of time but uh, look it's, it's, it's obviously great to see that Toronto have actually made it back in the Northern final but um, you know I say it's been a it's been a hectic 12 months for myself from a from that point of view and also this work point of view and stuff so yeah it's brilliant brilliant to see where we're at how did you find the transition from being so involved in the team to then basically having nothing really and not going to training and not being involved in the group? That must be quite difficult. It's always a worry for you know, for any probably intercounty player that is actually making that transition. I remember speaking to guys who have, who have stepped away from pounds in the years gone by and they did sort of warn me really to say, look, make sure to have something lined up after you, your 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 career ends as a as a footballer because it's you know you're sort of set set aside fairly quickly so i was lucky enough probably in that i you know i started my own business last june so i've been able to sort of throw all my time into that and i'm still obviously involved in in uh in club football and whatnot so my time hasn't my, my re- regime and everything hasn't really changed very much um i'm still training probably as much as, as, as ever but I'm obviously the, having the added benefit of being able to go and socialise a lot more and uh, I'm not really missing out as many events and things that I know COVID's probably impacted that anyway but I'm, I'm still being able to go to stag parties and weddings and whatnot things that I've never been able to go to before so it's just it's been a bit of a transition in that regard but uh, look it's just uh, I, say it's just, uh, I haven't found it too difficult I think um, because of just my time so I'm still fairly busy and so you know I'm, I, I don't I'm not sitting back and wondering what I'm doing on a Tuesday or Thursday night anymore Good and over the last few weeks we have been treated to two cracking semi-finals and first we might have a look at the Dublin and Mayo game I suppose did, did you see that coming like I know everyone were saying that Dublin weren't the team that they used to be this year and poor old Mayo always have that curse kind of on them so did you see that result coming Colm? <laughs> can't say I've seen it coming, but I did suspect that there was, uh, you know, it didn't massively shock me. And, and I suppose I, I was sitting watching it at home with a few friends and we were all sort of calling it beforehand. And I did say, I did call Mayo and, you know, they had been watching Dublin this year and a lot of games and analysing a few of their games. You know, there was 
definitely chinks there. You know, you could see that there was things that were, you know, they just wasn't the same. They weren't blowing teams away the same. You know, they weren't closing out games that well. You know, so there was signs there. Um, and although people were sort of thinking, oh, they can raise it for the big day, me knowing been in them circles I know it's very very hard to, to try and lift anything you know you can't just turn it on you either, either are playing well or you're not playing well and you know the Dublin team didn't like against me they nearly crumbled and you know there were signs telltale signs there so a, a crack in semi-final um, for sure um, it has been everything you know Mayo came out really really slowly and you know Dublin Dublin looked to be then you know taking uh, t- took a foothold in the game and it, the old Dublin team would never have let a Mayo back into that, they would have, you know, they would have closed that out fairly easily. But um, you know, fair play to Mayo, like they, they brought an absolute massive, intense work rate in that second half, and then we were able to turn them over an extra time. So, um, I want to say that I did call, I, I did call it in a way, but uh, I, you know, you still had that reservation in the back of your head that you know, this still is Dublin, you know. So, um, I just think Dublin had them sort of early signs that they weren't as good as they have been in the years gone by, and. They weren't bringing on the same caliber of players in my eyes that you know the the had in previous years with the losses of Mannion and McCaffrey, etc. And I think it's it's nice to see maybe a change. I know it's not like everyone's happy with the downfall of Dublin because I think there are a lot of people that are happy that they're not there. But I think it's nice to see two different teams and their fans battling it out. And then last weekend we of course had Tyrone and Kerry, and Kerry were probably expected to win this going in there, Colm. Yeah, no, look, uh, from a Dublin, like I think the football in general needed uh, a new winner. Like it just, like I say, no disrespect to Dublin, like they've done, uh, you'll never see another run like that probably ever again in our time, but, you know, and you have to give massive credit, but at the same time, I think football as a whole needed a different winner and I was sort of in a way glad, you know, to say, look, there's going to be a different uh, change of guard this year, but uh yeah, look, Kerry, Kerry were obviously going in as heavy favourites in the game and, um, I didn't think it was fully justified. Like I, I understand the the pace around the the Killarney, but I've been in, I've been on the end of losing to in down in Killarney very heavily for numerous years. You go back to the the archives, so I wasn't overly alarmed with that. And then the whole saga with the with the COVID and and all this, I, I think it was just stacking up well for for Tyrone to come in and people talked about the ambush and the chaos and they need to bring and you know in essence they did do that. You know that like if you watch that game, you know it's, it's obviously fairly exciting and it had everything in it. it, it you know there's obviously goals, there was black cards, there was yeah. pure play, there was everything. But ultimately, Throne did bring that sort of madness to the game and you know were able to get over the line. So it didn't it didn't ultimately shock me. Uh, but you know I said I said a lot of credit to Throne for for what they brought to the table that day. And um, yeah, look, I say it's it's harsh. It was harsh the way to lose for Kerry too. Like you know they'd done so well, even back in that and. Thrown hit them on a few sucker punches, so um, tough, tough on the day, you know, um, for someone to go out. But um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't like to see it in penalties either. I know that's the thing. I think was it hard for you to hear and listen to the lot of people questioning Tyrone and their COVID cases and the drama behind it all, and was it very difficult for you to listen to that? Not, not me personally. Obviously, um, I, I just think you know there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff put out in the media and through various sources around questioning what was going on and information and all this sort of piece. Like, and I, I totally get it. Like, I totally get the fact that you know there were, people want wanted a few more answers on it. Like, but like at the end of the day, it is what it is. Kerry came out and accepted the the the, the extra week, or whatever, and GA obviously granted it. There may be other questions that'll come up in the future about it, but that's like I say uh, I've said it probably a few times now that it shouldn't be detracting from the from the football. Like it should be if, if there's things to be answered, then and uh, I'm sure Fergal and Brian and whatnot will be able to do that afterwards after the game. But you know, from you have to give credit and respect to the players and let them you know focus on the football for the next two weeks and. You know, that after that, then uh, whatever comes of it, then that's fine. But um, it's hard for hard for me to comment. I'm not really involved in 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 that side. And obviously, in, in their circles. The, even what about the strength of them to bounce back from something like that? Though that's impressive. You know, people need to give them the credit for that as well. Like a lot of the team were struck down with it, and like you have to. I don't know if you've had COVID. If you know someone who's COVID. Uh, I, I I have had it personally, and it did take me a while to come back from it. You know, in terms of I remember coming back to the gym. Um, after my ten or eleven, whatever days it was, and um, I felt really, really weak and tired and stuff. So, um, like it, that was my big question probably before the game. I was going like I, I knew some of the guys definitely had, you know, obviously there was lads that had tested positive, and a couple of them actually were fairly symptomatic and had 
you know, we're, we're down, we're pretty heavy. So, uh, you know, I was sort of thinking, like, how do you, how do you start these lads? Like, if these lads are energy levels are down, you can't, there's no hiding places in Crow Park. Like, you know, if you're not at your, at your, at your peak of your powers, you'll get found out fairly quickly. So, like, I know there was, uh, I think there was starters there at the weekend that who had tested positive and whatnot. So, the, it didn't show on me that there was anyone that sort of had it. Their energy levels were reduced because they did sort of deliver a very high intensity performance. So, it, it was a worry. And I'm sure internally it was a worry for them that, you know, how would this impact? And it was very, probably hard for them to actually understand, you know, how it would have impacted them even before that, you know, because they probably would have been watching themselves to a certain degree. They wouldn't have been doing any sort of tough chins and there'd be more around tactics and that. So, yeah, um, just, um, I don't know, we're in obviously a mad pandemic, like, so, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, you just have to play it, play it as you see it and, you know, the guys fair play them and see they come through okay. Yeah, and they're there and they're in a final at Mayo now and there's serious potential for both sides here now to win an All-Ireland with Dublin out of the way and like how how do you see this going? Like I know your head and your heart could be saying two different things here now, Colin. No, no, my head and my heart are saying the same thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I genuinely, I suppose, just probably because I've had that inner belief for... I've been part of that team um, for a few, for a good number of years. That I knew there was, and like I kept saying, the lads, there is an All Ireland in this team. It's just when. So, like uh, you know, I'm thinking now that, that the guys, it is time to step up. They have, they've had a bit of a learning curve in 2018. Whenever we obviously lost the uh, lost to Dublin in a fairly uh, heavy manner, so a lot of that squad was part of that panel, and you know, it's a fairly recent occurrence to them, so they'll, they'll know what you know, what to expect and, you know, they'll be able to plan for it, I think, a lot better this time around because, you know, they'll, they'll actually be able to look at the, what went wrong at them days and how they're going to sort of broach that. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident, probably, is the best way to put it, to be diplomatic and sit in the fence. Yes, Colin Kavanagh there, former Tyrone footballer, speaking about next Saturday's All-Ireland football final. Can Mayo finally, finally end the famine from 1951 we'll have to wait and see and I think they might um, just wrapping up and uh, we've not got, not got long left here not great news from the Gaelic grounds uh, Corkamogie in the minor learning final it's 1-6 to 4 points to Kilkenny there um, England have won 4-0 at Wembley uh, Bakayoko Saka getting a fourth there um, and just to wrap up also we do have our winners selected for the two tickets to see Cork City versus Shelburne. Uh, Parra Gilroy of Ballybranna, uh, County Cork, got the answer right. And our second winner was Maria Lee from Onslow Gardens. We'll get in touch with those tickets. Um, and all that's left to say now is uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining me on my first Big Red Bench here. Connor is up next. Stay tuned here on Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.